Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your first place preseason Miami Dolphins. Now part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I am Sam Marcou, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the one, the only, Christopher Cullen. Chris, how the hell are you, my friend? Doing great, buddy. Preseason football started. Uh, my son's football team started. We had a good scrimmage Saturday, and all is well in the world. Yeah, as far as preseason games go, uh, this is about as good as it gets, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, I was joking on Twitter, uh, which you can find us at Perfectville Pod, as well as some other social media sites about you know how lame it's going to be by calling it an, ex- an extravaganza and all this other stuff. And it started a little bit dull, but uh, ultimately, anytime you win, even if it's a preseason, it does give you a good feeling there, Chris. And winning 34-27 with some very entertaining offensive football, in my opinion, for the Miami Dolphins, um, I actually enjoyed, dare I say, week one of preseason here in 2019 yeah it wasn't bad like um with with our team we kind of touched on this a little bit last week but with our team and the expectations we have and what expectations we do have which are very low um it's kind of fun to just you know what is it like what do they call it when you're betting on the uh the side stuff like at the super bowl like a prop Um, like a prop yeah Yeah. it's almost like the, the prop fun stuff for the Dolphins like is Preston Williams going to have three one-handed catches is Josh Rosen going to just sling it deep and say fuck it and try to win the job and are, are these guys going to step up and make tackles that you never heard of or run, you know Mark Walton g- going to make it a whole game without um, getting arrested yeah. you know just things like that no you know you, you said like a prop bet I was kind of looking at it like you know if you have a kid that just constantly disappoints you until finally one day you're like I know they can do better I know they can do better and then you go you know what maybe he's just a stupid kid and he can't do any better. And then all of a sudden that C minus that they get on a test, you're like, Hey, you know what? That's not so bad. Even though before it used to be bad, you know? At least it's not an F, right? Exactly. Um, it's almost like a review we got last week. It's like we're okay. Like yeah. the the preseason That's, game was okay. Yeah, we won. That but, was um, you're one hundred percent right. That was the most okayest preseason game. <laughs> Jumbo if, Trumbo was right. You're absolutely or Jimbo Trimbo or whatever the hell his name was. But uh, no, it, it was a very you know, Flores, Flores came out and told Rosen to not make you know as many take as many chances. But I thought it was kind of cool. I mean, I mean, yeah, getting taken down and throwing it deep like that. It's going to work one time out of ten. But it worked uh, for the preseason game, like you said. It just gave us some entertainment. Yeah, and you know, and speaking of Rosen, we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Preston Williams, who you already uh, mentioned there, Chris. We got a lot. There's some rumors, some big time rumors flying around the Miami Dolphins as we <laughs> record right now. Um, but I do want to talk about Brian Flores first, Coach Flores. So often that we forget, we've got 23 rookies or something like that, and that was one of the things that we wanted to see last week before the week one was how did the rookies play? We wanted to see how the offensive line was going. We wanted to see if Preston Williams was the real deal. What the quarterbacks were going to look like. Um, neither one of us talked about how the coach. The rookie head coach, Brian Flores, Mm. in his first ever game as a head coach, how he was going to do. And uh, I found this article on MiamiDolphins.com, and it was uh, Brian Flores reflects on his first game as NFL head coach. And, Chris, there's a couple of um, 
a couple of things here that he said that gave me some pretty good insight as to what it's like to be a head coach. So um, I'm just going to read this here. I don't know if you have you read this yet. I have not. I have not caught this. Okay, so uh, I'm going to read just a couple of quotes from him and then from one of his players just because uh, why not. But he says, I had a little bit of a plan going in, who I was talking to on the headsets, who I was going to stand next to, where I was going to stand. I had good dialogue with the officials, which I thought, that's new. That's brand new for me. All Mm. of it is a learning experience. Hopefully I'm better the next time out. Again, just like the players, I asked them to improve and get better. I asked the same of myself. So I'm going to stop right there. That's something I had not given any thought of whatsoever. Brian Flores has never had to deal with talking to the officials before, during, or after a game. Um, Mm. He's never had to deal with, you know, maybe putting a bug in their ear about, hey, look out for number so-and-so on the Atlanta Falcons. I hear he likes to grab a lot, pass the line, you know, pass five yards uh, if he's a cornerback or something like that. Those are all the things that, like, Bill Belichick has done or these veteran coaches know, and they have a rapport with these referees, with these umpires about, you know, being friends with them. And you can say it doesn't matter that they're impartial. That's bullshit. You have to establish a rapport of how you talk to these people, how you can actually influence them going forward. And that's something that Brian Flores has zero experience doing. So getting this preseason game under his belt, kind of figuring out where he needs to stand so maybe they can hear him, uh, who he needs to stand next to. So in case he's got a question right away, he can get one of his assistants to answer it for him right there at the drop of a hat. And then also just having that dialogue with the uh, with the refs. I'd never given that any thought whatsoever. And that's uh, that's something that I think is often overlooked for a rookie head coach, just how much they have to do. They really have to manage that sideline more so than X's and L's. Well, and I think that's what we kind of were worried about and got on Adam Gase about yep. a lot last year was that as the head coach, you have so much more to do than to go sit on the bench and fake right new plays um or or like only worry about one specific thing like your offense when you got to worry about everything is such a schedule what hotel you're at when is curfew you know travel arrangements where are we eating what kind of food how's the training staff like you have so many more things to worry about uh where he's never had to do that before as defensive coordinator he had to sit down he had to work with his defense as his linebacker coaches his db coaches and come up with a game plan for his defense did he care what tom brady was doing what the running backs were doing when they were leaving no bilicek handled all of it so like you said this is all new territory and that was a really interesting insight uh the little things like you said where to stand so the ref can hear you yeah um because you're that voice now you can't let anybody else do that there's no delegation for that you are that voice and that's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure and it's interesting we didn't bring it up because that is definitely something that we need to see i know i wanted to see how he managed challenges and timeouts and things like that but the little things like that building rapport with the referees that you're going to need in the regular season for years to come is something i've never even thought about well, and uh, we're going to hit on that, but it's one thing I want to bring up. Is I think Adam Gase, now notoriously, uh, everyone thought he was doodling. I think he was actually applying for a head coaching job for the New York Jets on the sideline because he knew his time with the <laughs> Dolphins was up. Uh, but just another quote from Brian Is this Flores. a resume at yeah, the top resume. of the paper? Yes, I would like to resume a head coaching job elsewhere. Um, this is what he said. This is Brian Flores still. I was excited. The players were excited. It's a different role for me, but it was fun. I think the main difference, and this is where what you said, Chris, hits it right on the head, is I'm on the entire game. Offense, defense, special teams. 
and really just managing the game and feeling the ebbs and flows of the game and calling timeouts and ripping red flags. It was fun. So everything you just said is exactly what the old ball coach is saying as well. So look, I got to be there the entire time. I have to be engaged. I don't have a specialty anymore. My specialty is being the guy for the Miami Dolphins. And um, again, just some interesting perspective from the old ball coach. Uh, I'm going to go on one more time because this I'm going to read this and I want you to tell me what player you think said this about his new head coach, okay? Mm-hmm. I think Coach Flores was a little nervous. He ain't going to say it. He ain't going to admit to it. But he had a little jitters in a little bit. I'm calling him out. You can tell him I said it. But I think he handled it well. He kept his composure. He got us going before the game and during the game and kept us level-headed, business as usual, but with a little extra nerves. Now, which player do you think of the Miami Dolphins had the balls to come out and say that about his new head coach? I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was Christian Wilkins. 100% correct. (laughs) Rookie defensive tackle Christian Wilkins talked to reporters after the game and basically called out his own head coach and said, yeah, he was nervous. He won't admit it, but I could tell he was nervous. Uh, Again, just makes you love the kid even that much more, doesn't it not, Chris? Oh, it does. And, and, you know, it's funny, too. I guessed that just because um, the way he's always been, even at Clemson, very, you know, the way he was with Goodell and he ran on stage at the draft. He seems like the kind of guy that would kind of uh, tongue in cheek that. I mean, it was both their first game in the NFL together. Mm -hmm. So um, then he drafted him. He's his first first round he just his first NFL draft pick is him so he I'm sure feels very close with him um but that's really that's really funny he was nervous he's not going to admit it but uh yeah that kid and he had a great game I mean not a few tackles but a lot of disruption getting in there um looked apart for sure Christian Wilkins going to be one hell of a player on the field and obviously a, a really good leader off of it with this is like the, he, he knows when to joke but he also knows how to uh show up in shape and and, and really be the leader on the field by using his physicality yeah he had three tackles on the game, and again, a great showing by the rookie in his first time out uh, on the big stage there, which is exactly what we wanted to see. I think he did exactly what we wanted him to do. Uh, speaking of rookies who showed up on the first game here, Chris, a guy that is now a household name for every Miami Doll fan, uh, he's going to be picked a lot. It would be interesting once the fantasy football drafts start here, Chris, in a couple of weeks, how many uh, people pick up Preston Williams that aren't associated with the Miami Dolphins in terms of being a fan because he's still going to be somewhat of an unknown uh, talent here uh, at least for the next couple of weeks but Preston Williams balls out by far the best player of any team uh, that was out there any any player that was out there for either team Preston Williams four catches 97 yards I think Bob Greasy had him at six foot three six foot four and by the end of the broadcast had him at seven foot eight 458 <laughs> pounds um, he just kept growing in not only in uh, stature but also in legend uh, this kid one-handed catches uh, just he looked like a man amongst boys out there he looked like dare I say a very young Julio Jones but with a bigger body he was just out muscling kids uh, and I say kids because they looked like kids bouncing off of a man's body out there uh what are your thoughts on preston williams debut for the miami dolphins definitely looked the part um was very interesting one thing i think that stood out to me and i wish i knew the name uh, but it was just fired off during twitter live while watching the game but it was a great point there was a play where rosen threw a back shoulder and he toe tapped um and it caught the pass and it was automatically reviewed because it was under two minutes and he caught the ball and made uh incredible circus catch and in using the comparison of a, the last real dominant receiver we had in Jarvis Landry 
He said he didn't get up. He didn't celebrate. He immediately threw the ball to the referee and lined up and got ready for a quick snap. That was him knowing the situation, not caring that he made a – it wasn't me, me, me. It was was about the team. Yes, he made a hell of a catch. He didn't stand up, do a first down, nothing. He stood up, threw the ball to the referee, and got ready for the next snap. And that was a great point by that person, and it shows the maturity from a rookie like that. Uh, But you're right. He was a man amongst boys. It looked like he was playing – from the SEC against a bunch of high school kids. Yeah, so uh, I think at this point, it's not a matter of if he makes the team, it's who he's going to replace, because I think Preston Williams has already earned uh, a look with at least the second unit, if not the first, and uh, he's going to be on this team. I mean, you can't have that size and, and, and that ability and uh, and let this guy go. I mean, we were talking about that after or before the game, but now after this game, he is on every Miami Dolphins radar, and barring an injury to him, I cannot see a scenario where he's not on this team. Um, so the guessing game becomes here, Chris. Who loses their job because Preston Williams took it from them, in your opinion? Ooh, that's a great question. I mean, it's got to be someone like um, – I mean, people are tweeting too. It's not even just that he's going to make the team. He's He's got to get minutes. He's got to mm-hmm. get on the field. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to that, you got to look at who's in front of him, and that's Kenny Stills, that's mm-hmm. Devontae Parker, that's Albert Wilson, Jakeem Grant. Um, so – um, other guys like Isaiah Ford, things like that, they, they've got to be watching their positions. But, whew, man, it, that's such a tough call uh, with everything spinning the way it is, with Kenny Stills off-field stuff, right? Call, calling out Stephen Ross. Um, that hasn't really been mentioned. Parker got an extension of some sorts and has been having himself a camp. Wilson and Grant are coming off of injuries. It's going to be very interesting, and I can't really put a finger on it and how this is going to work. But I could see one of our guys in front of them being used as trade uh, ah. bait. I could see uh, – but, but we we got to keep Preston Williams on the team. Like I think it comes down to that. Uh, but I definitely want to see him with the once. I need to see him in preseason against the starting corner, against the Jamal Adams and, and, and the Xavier Howards of the game. But when Xavier Howard himself is covering him in practice and saying, quote, he's going to be special mm. – um, you just want to see it against the ones, but God, you don't get rid of that talent, Sam. Four, five, six, five, um, great catch radius, strong hands, going up for the ball, fighting for it. This this is one of a kind type of talent, and already the national media is talking about it because I saw it today on the front page of uh, I think it was MSN or something at work. The top ten takeaways from week one of preseason, and I think he was number four his breakout game. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say, Jakeem Grant, you might as well go ahead and pack your little tiny bags and get your little tiny body out of this tiny little town because uh, I have a feeling that Preston Williams is going to take his job. It's a completely different skill set, but Jakeem Grant, as good as he is, God, I don't know, I mean, maybe not with the punt return and kick return abilities, but uh, it's one of those scat backs. It's one of those little fast, you know, jitterbug type guys It's going to go. Uh, it just is. I mean, it's it, it could be Kenny Stills, who's more of a burner than a jitterbug, but maybe, maybe the political comments do play in. Uh, you know, against him in this case, I doubt it. I think that would be a really bad look for the Miami Dolphins for uh, for them to take a guy who they have known to be a, a vocal leader of this team and then you know flush him down the toilet. You know, they mm-hmm. could hide behind the fact that hey, look, this young kid is is doing it and he's way cheaper and more productive. Sure, um, but I think it would be a bad PR move. I think that'd be really really bad. So I think they're going to keep Kenny Stills unless somebody gives them some sort of. Uh, trade package that they just can't say no to, which, you know, to your point, could happen. Um, 
maybe Albert Wilson. I mean, Albert Wilson was not Brian Flores' sign. I mean, that was a guy who was clearly mm. designed for an Adam Gase offense. So I could see Albert Wilson, especially coming off that hip injury, maybe he's done. Maybe he's done with the Miami Dolphins and he goes somewhere else, and uh, th- that would be my guess. I think, you know what, Jakeem Grant, unpack your tiny little bags, put your tiny little shorts back in your tiny little dresser. Um, Albert Wilson, you might want to hobble out of here because I, I think I think Preston Williams might be taking his job. That's interesting. Yeah, that, it, it's a good problem to have, um, having too much talent. But in the uh, grand scheme of things and where we're going, you got to look at age as well, um, contract numbers as well. If we're in a rebuilding phase, you keep the young guy and the cheap guy so you can build with talent around them. And um, you got Preston Williams sitting there in an undrafted free agent contract for the next couple of years being as productive, if not more, than Devontae Parker. And this is hypothetical, of course, but uh, then, then you trade him or you cut him. Or same thing with Stills um, or, or Albert Wilson. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Your point about him not being a Flores player is a great point. Um, and that might ultimately be what uh, comes down to it. And I thought it was interesting, too. Of course, Grant's coming off an injury, and he's been a little uh, banged up at practice, too. But they had Isaiah Ford um, at manning all of special teams returns out there in preseason, which it's preseason, so that could be mean nothing. Um, of course, they might want to just be getting somebody a look. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, uh, that's for sure. And we have no loss of entertainment being a Miami Dolphins fan because it just it's constantly something that we can discuss. It makes it easy to be in the podcast world. Calling all sports fans. Are you looking for an alternate source for sports news, scores, takes, and updates? We'll look no further on Franchise Tag Sports Podcast, hosted by me, Eric Salas. With the help of frequent guests, we'll give you all the latest and greatest on sports. That's right. I'm talking NFL, the occasional NBA and MLB, and yes, a lot more NFL. I've always loved watching the NFL, and there's no better way to talk sports than flipping on a microphone and giving my opinions on what goes on around the league. Tune in every week for brand new episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. You can also find us on Twitter at Franchise Tag Pod and on Instagram at Franchise Tag Sports. It's the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast. We got the sports. You just got to press play. So a couple of other things I want to point out about this game, and then uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about Josh Rosen and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as well as Rudock, who uh, might be making this a three-horse race for mediocre quarterback starting extravaganza uh, going forward here. But uh, the Miami Dolphins on offense didn't look terrible, Chris. 5 of 11 on third down conversions. Uh, right now, 361 total yards that first game, 67 plays, 5.4 yards per play, uh, 96 yards rushing on the game. They did not look good rushing the ball, in my opinion. Um, it was a lot of, uh, you know, three yards per carry type stuff. Uh, they did have two for two on field goals, four touchdowns, three rushing, one passing, two a running back. A time of possession was only 27 minutes and 49 seconds to 32-11, uh, with basically the same amount of plays uh, for the Falcons as the Miami Dolphins, including almost the same amount of run to pass. So, I don't know if it was a little bit of the hurry-up offense or what was going on, but uh, we just did not have the time of possession, even though we did win the game. And then, of course, minus two on the turnover ratio, which is never good. But uh, overall, I I think I am pleasantly optimistic about what the team looked like after the first game. Uh, Obviously, a lot of twos, threes, and fours playing, not so much the ones. But um, uh, what stood out outside of Preston Williams, Chris? What stood out to you uh, for the Miami Dolphins week one preseason? Uh, well, I guess I'll start with the negative because it is the preseason, but Jesus Christ, man, I feel like a broken record. 
But the O line, like the, the the God, the blocking. Jeez, and Mills, get him off the team right now. That guy, Mills. Good lord, there's a play. You just let the guy go past him. Didn't even care. And, and this is a Falcons team that was historically bad in the pass rush last year, uh, from what I remember. And they needed to upgrade, or maybe it was our offensive line. I don't know. Somebody's gonna call me out on that. But I mean, they made, we made them look like the '85 Bears mm. uh, with our offensive line. It was so bad. Josh Rosen's running out around for his life. Luckily, Fitzpatrick is quick on his feet in the couple of drives he was in because um, he, he was dead to rights on some of those. He had like no time to even drop back. And it's the same shit, man. <laughs> like it's just it's nice to see Dieter, the the Wisconsin kid, starting with the ones. That's a good sign as a third round pick. Um, so hopefully he brings something to the table for us. That's always good. Uh, Kilgore missed a couple of blocks. He, it was just like embarrassing a couple of times there with the offensive line. They just really need to get their shit together. And I believe that's the unit. We just fired the coach. Yep. Uh, so it's like, here we go again, Sam. We've been on this merry-go-round forever. And to be honest, I'm ready to throw up. Yeah, well, this uh, merry-go-round was obviously pointed in the direction of the quarterbacks because you're right. Josh Rosen might ask for a trade after one season playing behind that line because it's uh, <laughs> it is not a good look. But I mean, Josh Rosen in general, 13 of 20, 191 yards, did have the interception early, sacked two times for 11 yards, lost 75.2 rating, not great. Uh, I will point out that Dan Marino's career rating, I think, was a 78. So just to keep that in perspective, uh, he's very Marino-like there, Chris. Um, what? I mean, we didn't see much from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, only uh, two for five, 20 yards. Um, what, four yards per attempt, a 52.1 rating. Jake Rudock, on the other hand, six of eight, 65 yards, completion percentage of 75%, 8.1 yards per attempt, with a touchdown, 138 rating. Why are we not talking about Jake motherfucking Rudock at this point? Uh, because he'll be playing in the XFL in a few months. So, Oh, that's why. We only have 30 to 40 minutes out of a podcast, Sam. I'd rather, much rather talk about uh, Chosen Rosen. There you go. So what, uh, what are your thoughts on Chosen Rosen, his debut for the Miami Dolphins here? Um, hit and miss, but you really not terrible. I was exciting to watch somebody else play. Um, I found, I noticed a lot of things that he did better and different than Tannehill that I liked, like as far as like his pocket presence seemed just crisper. Like he's born and been a quarterback his entire life. Um, he did take some chances through it deep a few times, which you want to see in preseason and the game doesn't matter who cares get up there and see if your receiver can um make a play uh, obviously he leans heavily on preston williams um which is fine but it, the defenses will start reading that and jumping those routes um but it, he did all right I, I i mean obviously he got pressured a lot he, he didn't show out i thought it was interesting that flores kept him in as long as he did I don't know what that was about, what he wanted to see, what is what was behind the uh, the message there, if there was one. Um, but, yeah, I, I wasn't super optimistic after. I'm not, like, saying he's he's the next whatever, but um, he wasn't terrible. And, and that's, what, that's what you want from Rosen. Obviously, I think I want to see him with the ones, too. Yeah. Um, with the, with with Tunzel, with the line, with Stills, with Parker, with these guys, um, because uh, we we got to know what's going on with this guy, and we have to know this season and, and before we have all these picks next year. So, um, wasn't terrible, wasn't great, but um, I'm looking forward to more progress. Well, speaking of that, Chris, uh, more progress week two of preseason against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay on Friday night. Uh, you want to see progress from Josh Rosen. What are your three things that you want to see from preseason uh, week two 
for the Miami Dolphins? Um, I want to see more of the ones. Uh, not not a ton, but more of the ones. I would like to see Preston Williams and Rosen get some work with some first-teamers. Te- um, continuation from last week with Jerome Baker, who had himself a game. Yep. Kid's a baller, man. Uh, I liked Van Ginkle. He did a couple of good things. He showed some good speed and change of direction out there. There, there was a couple where he it looked like it was going to be a pitch or something, and the guy threw it out on the screen, and he, do- he, he crashed inside and immediately changed directions and made the tackle. Got around some blocks. He did good. So it's the young guys, again, more of the same. Um, our defensive line, I want to see a pass rush from Charles Harris and um, freaking Rambacart Carradine um, there at defensive end. I want to see those guys perform, and I want to see some better tackling. There are some real sloppy tackles from a lot of our good players. I mean, I think Minka Fitzpatrick completely whiffed on a tackle that ended up being a long touchdown. So, um, yeah, those three things, really. I want to see the young, guy, the young guys, Rosen and Williams, get uh, time with the ones. I want to see the defensive pass rush get going and some better tackling on defense. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to echo one of the sentiments from week one. I got to see this offensive line uh, produce. They, they've got to do better than what they did in week one or what they've been doing over the last however many years. Uh, I do want to see Josh Rosen throw the ball to somebody not named Preston Williams just to give <laughs> me um, you know, some hope that he knows that he can go somewhere else other than him. Because you're right, at some point it ain't going to take long before people are just going to start you know, um, double-teaming him and say, okay, beat us with, you know, beat us with somebody else other than him. And uh, you know, on defense, I, I didn't hate the defense on this game other than the sloppy tackling. I do agree with you there. Um, but I do want to see a little bit more from the front, you know, from the de- defensive line. I think we can see a little bit more. Um, and those are my three. I, I want to see a little bit more from the defensive line play. I want to see a little bit more from uh, Josh Rose being a little bit more um, liberal with his passes to other wide receivers and just that offensive line. I mean, we got to be able to run the ball. If we can't run the ball and we can't protect the quarterback, I mean, this might be an 0-16 season, and that's not going to be fun mm. for anyone, including you or I here. So uh, those are my three as we go into Tampa Bay. And, of course, as we always say, we already took injuries off the table because that's what we want. We want no injuries or very, very little injuries. And if we have to be injured, we want to be able to pick the players that can be injured. But uh, we don't have that power just yet here, Chris. So at this point, we're just going to pray for no injuries here against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Friday night. Yeah, that's all you can hope for, um, injury-free game and just progress. Uh, I tell the kids when I coach, be better tomorrow than you were today and, and so on and so on. You just want to continue uh, having that arrow point up. It's going to be nice to see Flores in the second game uh, with a little bit of the cobwebs out and rust out and uh, get the, get this thing moving because week three will be here before we know it and you, you're going to game plan a little bit more and then all of a sudden you're making decisions roster-wise and week one is just barreling down, man. It, it's literally less than a month away, so it's, it's exciting. But it's also um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be a lot of cuts that we don't expect, I think, as fans. Um, some possible trades uh, in the pipeline. I know one's being rumored right now. Ah. That's pretty interesting. And we were just talking about pass rush, and maybe that would be a great segue into it. Well, it would be a great segue, except for the fact that we said it was going to be a segue. But uh, since we did that segue, we should also segue into the fact that you are listening to Welcome to Perfectville. Chris Cullen, Sam Marcu, we are here as part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, as well as the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. We are the official Miami Dolphins podcast of that new network, and we are happy to be a part of that network. Chris, um, you're right. So we've been talking a lot about the current team in its current state right now. There's some good things. There's some bad things. There's some ugly things. There's some interesting things. But uh, let's not talk about the current team. I want to talk two different topics here before we uh, part ways here today. I want to talk about a former Miami Dolphin who just retired and 
the rumors, as you've alluded to, of a possible future Miami Dolphin. Uh, which mm. way do you want to go first? Let's let's go with the uh, the retiree. Let's go with the retiree because let's get him out of the way. Of course, I'm talking about Rashard Matthews, who announced his retirement today, Chris, on Instagram with an Instagram post uh, with some not very good English language. Uh, however, uh, 29 years old, he was spent the majority of his career with the Miami Dolphins after being at the uh, University of Nevada, Reno, and um, seems to be pretty bitter with the with the league in general. I, I think he was going for a little bit of a of a poetry introspective sort of thing, but uh, it came off to me as a little bit bitter. And uh, I started thinking about Richard Matthews because this is a he's a very weird and interesting guy for the Miami Dolphins fans, for all the citizens of Perfectville out there. Because for a number of years, he was the guy that we were rooting for to break in, kind of in that Preston Williams role. He always reminded me a little bit of a very like a poor man's Aronde Gadsden, if you will. Mm. And he finally breaks through and he becomes uh, a player for the Miami Dolphins. And we're like, yes, we're happy for him. And then he requests a trade because he didn't think he was getting enough playing time. He ends up staying for another season and then moves on to the Tennessee Titans, where he becomes their leading receiver two seasons in a row. Uh, sees his playing time diminished last season, is no longer happy, wants out of there, gets out of there, goes to the Saints, doesn't see his role as I guess he thought it should be. And uh, he left the team, quit, and retired from the league. Um, now, he's never going to go into the Hall of Fame. He's never going to go into the Ring of Honor. But he's, a, he's an interesting character for me because he's a guy that I always rooted for. He was kind of like that every man's wide receiver. Yet, every time he got there, it never seemed to be good enough for him. And uh, on multiple occasions, took his ball and literally went home. So what do, you, what do you make of Richard Matthews retiring at 29 and the statement that he put out? And then what do you think his legacy is going to be, uh, as small of a legacy as it might be for the NFL? What do you think that legacy is going to be for him as a former Miami Dolphin? I think his legacy is going to be that he severely overstated his value everywhere mm-hmm. he went. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, no one else ever agreed with him. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, he he led led the Titans in receiving. Um, they didn't. I can't name one other Titan receiver that, that has been on that team the last four years. Uh, Eddie like George, known. and I don't even think <laughs> yeah. he was a wide receiver, and I don't think he was technically uh, on the team the last four years. So yeah, you're right. Or human, he definitely looked like an alien. But um, yeah, I mean, really, the, I can't name another receiver. I, I can name Derrick Henry. I can name Marcus Mariota. I literally don't know who was the receiver for them. I think their tight end was like the leading receiver because they didn't have anybody. So Rashard Matthews was more like the tallest midget yeah. than he was like a great receiver. Um, he just had to be. And, and the, really, my one memory of him is when um, I think it was rookie year. Him and Tannehill are both rookies. Um. He did a something in the preseason, and Tannehill literally like grabbed him by the face mask and screamed at him and kicked him off the field. And everybody was like, oh, there's some passion there from Tannehill. That's good to see. And it was just all in the complete back of Richard Matthews. But, yeah, he, he unfortunately had to play behind you know Stills and Landry and never got a really a fair shake there. Um, and no, maybe no fault to his own because the guys are just better in front of him. Yeah. But his legacy will be, like you said, almost like a poor man's Rondé Baxton uh, and and <laughs> naturally, oh yeah, uh, yeah. That is, you know what? That was I, that was a purposeful slip. <laughs> even no, I don't think it was, and I'll and I'll say why that's even better is because I think most citizens of Perfectville would actually slip to a Ronde Baxton versus a Ronde Gadsden. Our I've said stupid, that name more. Yes, I agree. A Ronde Baxton has been said more as a Miami Dolphins fan than a Ronde Gadsden at this point. So uh, we just need to get our bag into the Hall of Fame, like those massive catches that he had against the Raiders and uh, and Jets over the years. But I agree with you. I think he overstated his value. I mean, he it never seemed good enough for him, even when he was starting. It just seemed like he was he. Was 
was upset and he was mad for some reason. And I don't know why I, I haven't lived his life, so I can't tell you why. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, he, he retired today and I was kind of like, oh, and then I read the statement. And I was like, oh, well, and then I kind of felt like that guy from um, from Tombstone where, you know, the Wyatt Earp's leaving. He goes, I want you to know it's over. We're leaving. And then the bad guy's just like, well, bye. That's kind of how yeah. I felt about uh, Richard Matthews. So uh, I don't have much else to say other than goodbye from Perfectville to Richard Matthews. I wish you well. And whatever it is you do next. Yeah, I thought it was interesting um, the way he went out. I mean, like you said, like the poetry and like the deep seated thing. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just all right. Like, I don't think anyone cares. <laughs> like, it's just like you're screaming into a vacuum at this point. Um, but it got some play on, on national media and stuff. Slow day, but um, <laughs> he's definitely. It was never Randy Moss. Like, I don't understand. It's just he's completely overstated his value. Even his retirement didn't even really live up to the hype. If you. <laughs> think about it speaking of which who, who's had the best retirement of any football player like is there one that stands out where you're like damn that's the way to go out oh man i can think of two that come to mind well the first one i thought i, I think of just because of the circus is brett Favre, obviously um because he, di- he did it 10 times <laughs> um so that was always just hilarious or it's just like I, literally they were making jokes about it on sports center just like is Brett Favre retired? He did a tearful speech today, but and then he's back on the Jets or Vikings. So that was interesting. And then um, really other than him, I can't really think of anyone else other than somebody like walking off into the sunset after uh, maybe Ray, Ray Lewis had a pretty good one. I think he won the Super Bowl and then retired. You can't beat that other than you know murdering somebody. But, I mean, it, it's really a good way to go is that's how you're going to do it. Well, he retired from murdering as well, which was also a very good retirement. <laughs> good for him. Uh, yep. John Elway, I think, probably is the uh, is mm. the one where he just stood up there and just said, "I, you know, I, I can't do it anymore." And he'd he'd come off of, uh, I think, two victories or, or or yeah, two Super Bowl wins. I think um, that's the one that stands out the most. And then the one recently uh, was it Jared Cook, who uh, who did the whole, no, not Jared Cook, um, uh, who am I thinking of? The defensive lineman who was on the Bears and the um, uh, oh god, I'm, this is gonna is so, it long. No, no, no. Somebody's just screaming through their microphone. Big freaking white dude. And he he, he ended it with like an, a Twitter post of him riding off on like a white horse into the mountains or something like that. And it was, was it, was it like, Jared Allen? Jared Allen. That's who it is. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Yeah. Jared Allen had a really cool retirement, but that's not anything that you're going to remember, I think, 10 years from now. I think John Elway probably has uh, the best one when it comes to football. Um, if anybody else has any ideas of who has the best retirement speech moment, whatever, when it comes to the NFL, let us know. You can email us at perfectvillepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at perfectvillepod. Enough about Richard Matthews. Screw him. He can go away and retire now. Let's talk about the fun stuff, the stuff that's not going to happen, the stuff that makes us <laughs> dreamers here, Chris. And I'm talking about the future Hall of Famer coming to the Miami Dolphins. Hopefully, maybe, probably not. Of course, I'm talking about the rumors and innuendo out there about Jadavion Clowney. Mm. Uh, the Houston Texans, Chris, you've alluded to this. Uh, rumors are flying and swirling that he is on his way out of Houston and on his way to Miami. Now, uh, first of all, that would be amazing if he came to the Miami Dolphins. But second of all, it's never going to happen because we're the Miami freaking <laughs> Dolphins. And third of all, if it were to happen, Chris, what would you be okay with in terms of the package that you would have to give up to the Houston Texans in order to get Jadavian Clowney to the Miami Dolphins, the um, the rumors are asking for a second. Uh, they won't take anything worse than that. <laughs> a I, second I, I rounder. Yeah. Done. Uh, End of discussion. 
<laughs> Supposedly we're balking at it. Um, I could see a third in Harris, maybe, uh, see if they can do something with them and change the scenery. Um, two-thirds is the rumor that we offered as well. I, I think those are completely – I mean, I'd do it in a second. The, that guy's young. He's a freak. And um, He's 26 yeah. years old. He's going into his prime right now. Yes, exactly. And, uh, yeah, he's just unbelievable. If you get him as a pass rush, that all that does is help Xavier Howard, help Minka Fitzpatrick, help these guys behind him because you're worried about that freak of nature coming at you to bust your chin open. Yeah, I mean, how many picks do the Miami Dolphins have in the 2020 draft at this point? Do they have two? 10 to 20, something crazy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they have two second-round draft picks at this point, right? Um, yes. If they do, then and they're asking for one, you give it to them. You give them one of these the picks, uh, uh, second round. I mean, I don't. I don't even know why that would even be any sort of discussion. I mean, as long as it's not a first rounder. I mean, and you can make the case that maybe our first second rounder would be like a late first rounder because it might be the very t- top pick of the second round. But that's not bad. I mean, my God, that that really wouldn't be that bad of a of a problem. What if you spent a second on? Jadavian Clown. I'm thinking they wanted like two firsts and a future fifth or something like that. If they're looking for a third or two, uh, you know, a second or something like that, I would absolutely give that up in a heartbeat. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just uh, baked out here in the California sun and 100 degree weather. But a second round pick for Clowney just seems like a steal. What what am I missing? Uh, put it this way: in the draft upcoming, and, and really any draft, if there's no way there's that form of talent in the second round. Um, there's just not. I mean, Jadavian Clowney is and was uh, one of the freakest. Nate, you know, you're talking like Javon Curse levels of the freak of what he can do. Um, now, has he met the expectations everybody wanted with JJ Watt on the opposite side? No. How much is that his fault? We don't know. But um, the only thing I would hate to trade a pick like that is if he. I think he's gonna be a free agent next year. So to trade for almost a, a rental, like you said, that'd be a very mm-hmm. much a Miami Dolphins thing to do. Yeah. So if we do trade a second and then he walks next year, that's just a huge, gigantic waste and complete opposite of what Greer and everybody wants to do. Travis just tweeted that, um, that it's just against everything that we're planning if we're going to rent. Now I can see us going after him at free agency next year, but that didn't work out with Flowers this year and who knows where we're at. But, yeah, we have the picks. Like you said, if you get a, that level of talent for a second or, like, two-thirds, you, you pull the fucking trigger. Yeah, I mean, right now we have 11 draft picks, one first-rounder, two second-rounders, a third-rounder, and two fourth-rounders, not to mention the fact that we're probably at some point going to get even uh, uh, some additional picks here uh, for people that are going to leave. I mean, it just, to me, seems like a no-brainer. If they're asking for a second-rounder, you have two of them. You give them one, and then you go look at your other picks if you have to move up and go get your quarterback in the first round. It's not rocket surgery as far as I'm concerned. But you know what? Maybe that's why I'm here hosting a podcast instead of being in charge of the Miami Dolphins because uh, <laughs> maybe I'm falling in love with the name as opposed to the production. And you're right. If you're building long-term, maybe you don't do that. You just want to get your own young talent in that you can control for the next four to five years. Uh, it just doesn't seem like that big of a package if you're going to go. I mean, if, if they're asking for a second, I'm surprised there's not 29 other freaking teams on the phone right now saying yeah we'll give it to you right i mean well, why that's would it- the thing there's there's rumors of other teams too so you like you said um it's not going to happen i mean the chances are very slim baltimore's uh rumored i think uh philly is rumored um so th- there's other teams and it also jadavian's got to want to come here um because he can completely i mean i don't think he has a no trade clause but no. you know we're not going to trade for a guy that doesn't want to be here so it's it's going to be interesting to see it's just a rumor at this point um but 
who knows how it goes. Like you said, being a Dolphins fan, it could be uh, <laughs> sunshine and rainbows and we get you Davian Clowney or he'll just use us for uh, leverage and get paid more, get a better pick for the Texans to go somewhere else. He's going to go to the Patriots for a fifth-round fucking pick. Fuck and you. Jeez. Eat our fucking assholes out week two. Uh, when he's you got to think up. too. I think one interesting thing is I think Bill O'Brien is doing the d- negotiations. I don't think they have a GM. <laughs> so I mean, because they they just traded somebody f- for something. I forgot who it was. Uh, but and he he did the talking. He pulled the trigger. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if uh, he's looking for a new contract and if he asked Bill O'Brien to pull any money out that he has inside of that stupid asshole that he has on his chin um, <laughs> and see if there's any money that he lost in there. Uh, do the Texans really not have a G- They have Chris Olsen as their GM, right? No, he's their interim GM. I think you're right. I think uh, Bill O'Brien might be the guy in charge right now. Th- that's insane. I mean, if that's yeah. the case right there. so And they and they just made a trade, and I forgot who it was for. It's some... It was like a kind well, of a they, Duke Johnson, right? Didn't they just that's get it, Duke Johnson? That's it. They got Duke Johnson for like a for like a third or something next year, and Bill O'Brien supposedly orchestrated the entire thing with the Browns. Well, that would give you, you know, if you're a fantasy football owner and and the head coach slash GM is the one saying, "Yes, I want this guy." Maybe you go get Duke Johnson on your fantasy team. <laughs> uh, and uh, I would also like to say, welcome to Texansville, because now we're dissecting everything that the Houston Texans are doing. Um, no, I, it's not going to happen. I mean, we're just kind of joking around right now. And and I agree with Travis and others that said this probably flies in the face of the culture of what the Miami Dolphins are trying to do here, which is rebuild. I mean, that has been their mantra all the way since they fired Adam Gase and company is, no, we're rebuilding this thing the right way. We're not going to go chase, you know, the flashy new car and, and, and throw a bunch of money at it. Um, so I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did happen, man, he would look good here at South Beach. Yeah, he would. I wouldn't be against it at all. That's something me and you can unanimously uh, agree on. I would, especially here. I mean, right here in the Carolinas, I watched the kid play at South Carolina. And he was just a fucking monster. So, uh, get, getting that type of player on your defensive line, especially when pass rush is a huge need for us, yes. uh, and his his youth. If we could trade for him and get a contract extension, then I'd be all for it. Well, you're right. We would agree on that. I also think we would agree that it's probably time for us to say goodbye and say goodnight. To all the citizens of Perfectville that are out there listening to us, and I do want to say thank you to each and every single one of you. This show continues to grow, continues to uh, do gangbusters, if you will, so we appreciate it from Chris and myself. I want to say thanks to every single one of you, except for you. You know who you are. Um, But other than you, uh, Chris, anything else you want to say before we get out of here? That's it, man. Well, on behalf of uh, myself, Chris Cullen, the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network, as well as the Big Heads Media podcast network, Goodbye from Perfectville. Later. I forgot to tell you a story. Uh, maybe I'll put this on at the end of the of the uh, of the music. But I was at uh, Disneyland on Saturday, mm. and uh, I'm walking with my daughter, and I look up in front of me, and I'm like, "That tall guy looks like Russell Westbrook." And then I realized it was Russell Westbrook, and uh, he was with his <laughs> son or his nephew or you know some little kid. And uh, you know those like I I don't remember growing up and seeing those humongous like fuzzy bumblebees. Um, I remember seeing like honeybees and hornets and stuff like that, but I don't remember these. I, maybe do you guys have the? You know what I'm talking about? Those yeah, massive, yeah, we like, do. 
just uh, really huge. They look like a hummingbird, right? But it's a bee. Yeah. And uh, this is something where like evolution has happened over the last 15 years to where I'm, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, look at the size of that thing. I might just like take a kid. But um, it was, you know, <laughs> Russell Westbrook is walking and we're in the California Adventure Land or Park or whatever the hell they call it now. And um, this bee flies right in front of his face and he kind of like does and, and rightfully so does that weird freak out where you're kind of like all of a sudden you're in the matrix and you're dodging bullets and you're trying to swat this thing away. But you also don't really want to touch it because it might just eat your hand, that type of thing. So he kind of looked like a jackass. It, you know, he's trying to be cool because he's fucking Russell Westbrook and all this. But everybody sees it. And everyone's looking at him because he's Russell fucking Westbrook. So one guy goes, oh, man, look at you. And Russell just kind of blows him off a little bit. And I just turn to him and I go, hey, look, I get it. But you don't have to fear any Hornets this year. And um, he didn't appreciate my <laughs> basketball joke. He just kind of glared at me and then walked on and, and basically told me you know, to fuck off. <laughs> like, all right, yeah, good one. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was clever. And he's like, I don't, I don't give a shit about your cleverness. So... <laughs> That was my Russell. He's like, I look like an asshole right here. (laughs) I I look like an asshole, and there's probably 17 people who are filming this and putting it on their own social media. So, no, I don't want to hear your stupid joke. I know what you're talking about, though, that, that, that like, move. Like you said, you do the panic move, but you also want to look cool. Yeah. Oh, man, that's the worst. Yeah, you're, like, very aware, (laughs) but at the same time, like, don't give a shit, like, because you're not about to get stung by this thing. Because that, that, I mean, that would make your whole face swell up and just eat itself. So, no. (laughs) But, yeah. Anyway, that was was my Russell Westbrook story. That's awesome. There you go. (laughs) So, all right. Well, um, I guess that's that. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.